This is episode 74, how to take off those golden handcuffs and go for your dreams with Mel. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Thank you for listening and a special thanks to all of you who filled out this survey about this show. I put out a survey a couple weeks ago asking for your feedback. How can I make the show better? What do you love? What do you want more of? What do you want less of? If you haven't filled it out, please go to christinehassler.com slash survey and give me your feedback. I love hearing from you and reading all the responses has been so much fun for me and already is giving me lots of ideas. And also I mentioned this last week, we are like so close to a million downloads, seriously, only like 10,000 away. So we're going to hit it soon. And I want to celebrate. So what should I do? So tweet me or find me on Instagram, Christine Hassler, and send me a message. Let me know what you think we should do to celebrate a million downloads, which is so cool. And I could not have done it without you. So do you want to do a giveaway to like a free private coaching session with me, free book giveaway? What do you guys want? Let me know and I'll come up with some, some prizes for my listeners. Well, this has been a heck of a week for me. It's been one of those weeks where Christine Hassler, the person really needed Christine Hassler, the coach. I mentioned in the last week's episode that, you know, I was thinking about moving to San Diego for a long time. I love LA. I love the city of angels. I love my people here. And so I was really having mixed feelings about if leaving was the right decision. And I was starting to get a little nostalgic and a little sad. And I talked about that last week on last week's episodes. If you want to go back in and hear how I processed that, that's episode 73. And so Wednesday of this week, I was home at my house in LA cooking an egg, listening to a podcast, not using like a hair dryer, washer, dryer. I wasn't using any big power equipment. And all of a sudden, my security alarm started to make this weird like sound that I had never heard before. I heard a pop, my lights surged, and then I smelled the worst smell ever that I had never smelled in my life. The next thing I know, there's sparks coming out of the wall next to my washer and dryer and black smoke. I run out of the house because I've seen too many movies where buildings explode. So I ran out of the house, called 911, thank God, there's a fire department literally 30 seconds away. For seven years, I've lived in my house and heard fire engines over and over. So many times I'm recording this podcast and have to go back because a fire truck goes by and I've been like, oh, those fire trucks. But boy, was I glad they were so close. So the firemen come over and they rush in and it's a whole scene and they're pulling my washer and dryer out. And poor Jill, I mean, a lot of you know Jill, if you've listened to the show, Jill's worked with me for seven years. She's like my COO, head of business development and just like my soul sister and she's part of my family. So she was coming over to work and 
she was there early. And so in the whole mess of the fire department, all this, I didn't have time to call her and be like, hey, like you'll see fire trucks when you pull up. So she pulls up and there's two fire trucks, a paramedics van and a stretcher on my front yard. So the poor woman walks in completely traumatized thinking like something terrible happened to me. I don't think she's ever been so happy to see me in her entire life. So needless to say, it was quite an ordeal. And the fire department, they looked at the panel on my wall and I, and I rent my house and they were like, ma'am, when's the last time this electrical wiring has been replaced? I'm like, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a tenant. And they said, I, we haven't seen wiring like this ever. We think this is from like the thirties or forties. And I was like, oh, great. He goes, you can't stay here. This is really dangerous. The electricity is going to go out. So I walked down the street to a hotel, check into a hotel, try to get a hold of my landlords to make a very long, dramatic story, a little bit shorter. It's already gotten quite long. Bottom line is my landlords need to replace the entire electrical system. And I had to like move out immediately. Like it was unlivable. And so that sped everything up. I've been living in a hotel down the street. It's been totally chaotic. However, it's also been full of so many blessings. I've had people show up, friends take care of me. I've had amazing people at my insurance company. Like if you don't have renter's insurance or any insurance, get insurance. (laughs) Insurance is so worth it at times like this. I've had the most amazing insurance agents. The people at the hotel have been amazing. And it's been a wonderful opportunity for me to practice what I preach. How many times have you heard me say on this show, we can't control what happens, but we can control how we respond? Well, of course I had my initial like freak out that night. I was like, ah, like what's going on? But then I was like, okay, like if I react with fear, if I react with anxiety, if I react with frustration, I'm just going to create more of that. And I had a great session with my friend and coach. Her name is Brandy Gilmore. And she worked with me and she just reminded me like that I need to keep my energy out of frustration and out of worry and out of fear so I don't create more of that. So what a wonderful blessing to not only see how taken care of I am and how taken care of we all are, but also to practice, to really work with myself and really strengthen that muscle of knowing that I am always free to choose how I want to respond. And I can either create blessings and miracles in my life, or I can create more drama. This is how we grow. You know, we have to get out of our comfort zone and see how we respond to expectation hangovers, see how we respond to curveballs. It's easy to be all like, you know, zen and responding beautifully and love and light when everything's going well. But right now for a lot of us, things aren't going that well. I don't want to get into a whole conversation about what's going on politically in America, but that's another example of Wow. We don't have control over a lot of what's happening, but we do have choice over how we respond to it and actions we want to take. And a lot of people right now are really out of their comfort zone. And so my reminder to you is that you do have a choice of how you respond. If you respond with more anger, with more frustration, with more worry and panic, then we create more of that. So how can we create more faith, more creative ideas, more aligned action. So now let's shift gears to my coaching session. Today I coach Mel, who's wanting to get out of her comfort zone, specifically the comfort zone of financial security from a job. 
She feels trapped by the golden handcuffs, even though she feels a deeper call to do something else. She's afraid of losing the comfort of that financial security. So as you're listening to this call with Mel, consider, do you feel imprisoned by golden handcuffs? Is the whole not enoughness limiting belief something you struggle with? Even though you may rationally know that you are enough deep down, you still doubt it. Do you think following your dreams is careless or risky? Do you truly believe that you not only deserve happiness, but that you're also capable of creating it? And you guys, be sure to listen to my upcoming Coach's Corner. I have a very special guest interview with Marie Forleo. And if you don't know Marie, she's the founder of B-School, which is one of the most successful and also most helpful online courses that teaches people how to build a business according to what they love and make it both profitable and purposeful. So don't miss that Coach's Corner. And before I play my call with Mel, I want to tell you about one of my favorite podcasts that my friend Andrea Owen hosts. It's called Your Kick-Ass Life. And if you love my show, I know you'll really dig hers. Andrea is also a life coach and an author, and she serves up self-help in an easy-to-digest way that's also super practical. She brings you guests as well as solo episodes on topics like perfectionism, the inner critic, courage, and more. She's giving you a free gift. It's really cool. It's called How the Crap Talking in Your Head is Making You Crazy and Three Ways to Change It. It's an ebook and audio that focuses on the basics of negative self-talk and gives you three tools to manage your inner critic. All you have to do to get her freebie is text the word self-talk, all one word, to 444-999. And I'll put this in the show notes. Show notes are always at christinehasler.com slash podcast. And again, self-talk to 444-999. All right. Now on to my coaching session with Mel. Mel, hello. Welcome to the show. What's your question? Hi, Christine. I am wondering how to ascertain job satisfaction where I'm in a situation where I have an income that's kind of given me like golden handcuffs, if you will. And I'm just wondering how to kind of lessen my attachment to my income and lean into more of my passions and transition out of the industry I'm in right now. Okay. How long have you been in the industry you're in? 10 years. It was one of those, I ended up getting the job offered to me after an internship while I was still in college. And I had just simultaneously gotten my loan bill and I was just like, oh, I was going to go back and be a teacher and do ESL. But when I saw my loan bill and the income that I'd make from this finance job, I was like, maybe I'll just go back in a few years. And here I am 10 years later. Okay. (laughs) So would it be accurate to say that fear was one of the motivators for taking the job? Very much so. Okay. And now fear is what's keeping you there? Yes. How else does fear stop you? in your life? Well, this is interesting because I have been reflecting on that quite a bit lately and realizing how many times I've kind of used this expression because I wrote in and you answer, you answered it on coach's call last week. Ah. Yeah. And so I've stood in my own way in multiple regards, but basically I let fear tell me that I'm not good enough and that I don't think that I'd be able to make enough money on my own if I were to branch out and do something that is my passion, which is more like body related. I love massage, the idea of, you know, connecting with people. And I'm not really finding that in my current situation and realized how depleted I am by it. But 
the fear holds me there. And what was your question that I answered on Coach's Corner? Yeah. You had said that the somatic body for therapy would be a great way to do some of that processing. And then you said an emotional release exercise. Mm -hmm. And what was your question though on Coach's Corner? Oh, pardon me. It was about how do I not use numbing agencies to prevent me from kind of just not being in the present moment. I keep using, yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. And I say this with so much love, Mel. Okay. Thank you. Your problems are not special or unique. Right. Everybody, and I want to say everybody, a lot of people have the I'm not good enough thing. It is a very natural, common bunch of baloney belief. Right. It's probably the number one limiting belief that humans buy into. And that's one of the things that we are here to learn. And people wait for outside circumstances to somehow make them feel good enough. Yeah. But part of this lesson, it's like all of us have to learn our ABCs. Nobody right. avoids that. You know, yeah. anyone who wants to read and write has to learn their ABCs. Anyone who wants to evolve and grow has to learn that there's a bunch of core limiting beliefs that we all pick up on that are like contagious that we have to evolve out of and realize that they're laughable, realize they're not true. It's not like the universe lines all these souls up and says, okay, on a scale of one to 10, this one's a 10 good, this one's a three, this one's kind of a dud, this one's average. No, 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 no. We all are born with the same potential. So part of, and I'm, I know I'm telling you something you already know, but I hope I'm telling you in a more direct and lighthearted way because part of what's going to get you out of this is to really see how laughable this is. Yeah. <laughs> it's laughable. Like here you are going, well, I'm not good enough. Well, compared to who? Compared to what? Right. Based on what scale? What? And I'm very curious, what are you using as your measuring stick? Like what's, what's Mel's good enough measuring device? That is a fantastic question. Um, I would have to reflect on that for a bit because I have an arbitrary, I don't have a measuring stick necessarily. I'm just, I think it's socially, I, I get self-conscious. And so like starting new things makes me feel exposed. And so I just stay in that comfort level of like, well, I've known finance and, you know, job specific. I've known this for 10 years now. I have this to, back, you know, back me up and make me look credible. Mm-hmm. But measuring stick, as far as that goes, I don't, I don't know what I'm comparing myself to. Right. Okay. Well, that would be a good thing to find out because yeah. if we're going to carry around the belief, I'm not good enough and I can't make a change until I am, we better know what that change is going to be because it's, it's reasonable to say, okay, I'm not going to make a job change until I have um, a little more training and maybe do one sort of online course on entrepreneurship. So I have a little more understanding, basic experience. That That's a reasonable ask to make of ourselves, right? It's yeah. specific. It's measurable. It's not coming from the place of, I'm not good enough. It's coming yeah. from the place of real re- reality of, okay, if I'm going to make this change, here's some things I'm going to do to prepare myself. That, that's that's normal. It's sort of like yeah. packing for a vacation versus just getting on a plane without luggage, right? right. You want to you be somewhat prepared. So there's a difference between preparing ourselves and paralyzing ourselves with these BS baloney limiting beliefs. Yeah. So, so that's the first part is 
get really clear about what will make you prepared. What will make you feel prepared to make this change? Forget feeling good enough. When we're going through kind of this transitionary process, the insecurity, Mm -hmm. the fear, all that stuff is the natural human stuff that comes up. Mm -hmm. So it's not so much about how do we make that go away. It's how do we work with it? How do we work with it? And how we work with fear and those kinds of things, feelings and limiting beliefs is I'm not good enough is with some kind of a plan and some kind of preparedness, knowing that we may still feel that way. So that's my tip number one. Instead of being so paralyzed, how can you make a plan and start to prepare yourself more, knowing that that limiting belief of I'm not good enough is something that you're going to have to have compassion towards and work with. Does that make sense so far? Yes. Okay. Now let's shift gears for a moment because I remember your question on Coach's Corner and people can go back and listen to that. It was the one that aired mid-January and you talked about using pot as sort of a way to self-soothe. Okay. Exactly. So in my recommendation to you is that's a lot of repressed, it can be repressed anger, sadness. The other thing that it can be is when we're repressing our creativity, when we're repressing our purpose, and yeah. when we're repressing our femininity. Yeah. Because if you've worked in finance for 10 years, yeah. I'm going to make some assumptions. You can tell me if I'm wrong. You probably yeah. work with mostly men. It's yeah. probably a very male-dominated world. It's very mm-hmm. logical numbers, that type of thing. I doubt there's a lot of feminine expression and creativity in your work. That'd None. be accurate? Okay. <laughs> that would be very. So in your life outside of work, how do you fulfill that? What do you do well, to tap into that? That's where when you said, where does fear stand in your way in other regards? Um, I will take a class, but then I never fully put myself into it. So I love mixed music. Like I think that DJs and the systems that they use to compile mixed music is really fascinating. And so I took a class on it. And then I had a chance to excel and I just stopped. I just didn't do it anymore because when I got home, I actually didn't apply anything I had learned in the class. Why? And so um, I did yoga teacher training, but then I didn't even get to the point of actually certifying through Yoga Alliance. You know, I've done all these things, but I've never actually completed it to the very end. Do you have any sense why? <sighs> Not tangibly no I uh, it's a feeling in my sternum it's like a very very dark deep feeling but I don't really have an idea that I can verbalize do you think that you deserve to be happy yes why because all beings on earth should be able to experience happiness but do you think you specifically (sighs) or here's it here's another way to ask it do you believe 100% with every cell of your body that you can feel happy and fulfilled? No. Okay. So if I'm carrying around a belief, even if it's just a small part of me, but if it's there, that I'm not capable of being happy and fulfilled, how likely am I to do things that could possibly generate that feeling inside of me? Not very likely. Correct. So, and I love your honesty. So if you really tune in, what makes you believe that you're not capable of being happy and fulfilled? I think maybe 
well, I don't want to blame, but I feel like it may have been what I, you know, the influence of what I've seen in my, in my life and just kind of watching people. Um, there hasn't been a lot of happiness there. Mm -hmm. Um, so what did you observe in your life? That if you're happy, you'll, you are being, um, instead of it being carefree and happy that you're being careless and irresponsible and selfish. Careless, irresponsible, and selfish. Yeah. Those are some scary words. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And so if I pursue music or yoga or massage and that makes me happy, then I'm careless, irresponsible, and selfish. But if I stay in a job in finance, then, you know, I'm cautious, responsible, and doing the right thing. Exactly. Like my 401k is there and, you know, I have a savings. And so it's kind of that weird standardization of success. Yeah. Because I know when they do happiness studies, people that have the best 401ks are usually the happiest. (laughs) (laughs) Touche. Okay, so what's coming? What's the emotion that's coming up for you? A lot of sadness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe kind of anger. I've been really angry, like going through this experience. Yeah. What are you angry about? I think it seemed that I judged myself for thinking this, but I think I'm just angry with like my parents and just like not enforcing more. I don't know how to explain it, but just more senses of self instead of it being externally driven. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I get that. And it's important to acknowledge that anger, to get that anger out, to do it through release writing, to use the temper tantrum technique and expectation hangover to write a few letters, mom and dad and throw them away because You're right. We don't want to blame, but we want to process. So the truth is your parents did the best they could. They were operating out of fear. They wanted to make sure you were safe. We know that truth consciously, but the emotion is still there. So it's important to give yourself permission to say, I love my parents. I appreciate my parents. They're not quote unquote wrong, but I'm giving myself permission to vent, to get these feelings out, to release them. And one of the misunderstandings that that a lot of us buy into is that we can't be angry at the people we love. And, you know, the people we love did, did the best they could. And so it's bad to, you know, yell at them in a therapeutic way or write angry letters that you never mail. And yeah. why, why I don't think it's quote unquote bad is because the feelings are in there, right? Yeah. So energetically, we're carrying these feelings around. So if someone was mad at me, I would much rather they process that. They write nasty letters that they never sent me, that they they rip up. They get all that out. They talk about it in therapy or coaching or whatever, rather than being in my life and pretending everything's okay. Because I'd be able to feel that repressed feeling and it would really block intimacy and connection. So and that, on a it lo- does. Yeah. So on a lot of levels, are your parents still living? Yeah. 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 And would you like a closer relationship with them? Would you like to have peace in your heart and an open heart with them before they transition? Very much so. Yeah. So this is part of the the path to that. This is part of the path to that. And, and the other thing, sweetheart, is, you know, 
you love working with people. And it sounds like there's an entrepreneur in you and there's a healer in you. And it's, it's physician heal thyself, you know, coach be your own best client. It's like, we we are, we have to give that healing to ourselves first. And the wonderful news here is that you already have a relationship with that. You already have a desire to work in that capacity. So it's making yourself your own best client as you start out. And as you work with yourself, you will be more confident in your ability to work with others. Yeah. So that's the next part. You know, the first part of our conversation was really getting clear on a plan, you know, preparedness and things you can do rather than buying into the not enoughness story. And then the second part is working through the sadness and anger at mom and dad for prioritizing safety and responsibility over creativity and play and intimacy and happiness. Yeah. But today you're a grown woman and your parents aren't in charge anymore. And so you're at a crossroads where you get to choose if you want to let your life be directed by the programming that your parents put in you and that Mm -hmm. you allowed to be put in you Mm -hmm. or if you want to reprogram. Yes. You get to choose. Now with reprogramming, fear comes up. Yep. But often we confuse excitement and fear. I think that there's a big part of you, Mel, that gets so excited about the possibility of being free. Yes. Of taking off those golden handcuffs. Yeah. And feeling free to express and free to do what you love. And as soon as you feel that excitement, fear, the rational mind comes in and goes, no, 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 that's careless. That's irresponsible. That's selfish. And so part of how you work with the fear is how you respond to it. So it's not going, no fear, it's not. It's, it's, this is what I love and I'm just going to do it. A lot of people try to fight with their fear. doesn't work so well. (laughs) But it's more about practicing the keto. Do you know what a keto is? I do not. So it's a martial arts. It's different than like karate where you kind of like fight. You know, I'm not a martial arts expert. I know this is about the extent of what I know about martial arts. <laughs> but karate is more like, you, you know, you fight against. Aikido is about instead of fighting against the resistance, you go with it. So if someone like throws a punch at you, instead of fighting it or resisting it with your arm or blocking it, you lean back. You go with the flow of it. Mm. And so you have to kind of be a little keto with your fear in terms of when it comes in being like, hi, fear, Hi. Thank you for protecting me. I know you're here to protect me, but let's just have a little chat. I'm, I'm going to take this one step at a time. So I'm going to, you know, finish my yoga training. How does that feel, fear? Can we do that? It's like, it's like having a relationship with fear that's not a battle. Yeah. Is how we transform it. <sighs> is this making sense? So much sense. Okay. Thank you. So let's move on to step three. Okay. Which is what's your vision? What do you really, and again, a lot of times people are afraid to come up with a vision because they feel like it's written in stone and we're just exploring. 
So if you were to take off the golden handcuffs, and it doesn't have to be today, but I encourage you to start the steps. Yes. Because <laughs> you can be happy and fulfilled. Again, just like the universe doesn't give rankings to who's good enough and who's not, the universe yeah. doesn't go, okay, well, this person gets 20% happiness. This person gets 70% happiness. It's We're all born with that potential to have full 100% happiness and fulfillment. And remember, happiness is in a constant state. Fulfillment right. can be. Yes. So if you were to imagine living a fulfilled life, taking off the golden handcuffs and serving, because I feel like you really want to serve and impact. I do. What, yeah. What do you see yourself doing? I... I see myself working with kids. I see myself working with maybe high schoolers and or people who are in transitions in their life and want to, you know, I want to do fitness with them. I kind of want to do like a well-being, like instead of the food pyramid, but it be three variables of your life of the finance aspect to see what you can afford and then the health aspect and then the spirit aspect. And... Oh, go ahead. I just have goosebumps all over. You're you're so you're so clear. <laughs> I yeah, I was actually thinking about when I wrote you, I was like, I don't know what my passions are. And then I was like, Yes, I do. I know exactly what I want to exactly. do. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That see that that energy you just slipped into of yes I yeah. do. Yeah. That's the resonance that will go along with the belief of I am capable of fulfillment. Yeah. No. Please start trusting yourself. I will. And also trust that these 10 years in finance were exactly what you needed. You needed to feel what it feels like to be in that golden handcuffs. Often it's the pressure of what we don't want that creates the openness for what we do. <laughs> so the no pressure of what we don't want mm -hmm. is often creates the openness of what we do. Oh, I like that. As humans, we learn through polarity. We learn through extremes. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah. this is beautiful. I love this. Helping kids finance health and spirit. I mean, that's not taught in school. This is beautiful. So, and this will become so much more crystallized and you'll have so much more momentum, especially if you work through some of the, the emotional anger and sadness and then the limiting beliefs. You've got to work through those two things. Yeah. And then you can kind of get to the more behavioral level and start taking taking the action. But what I would encourage you to do, a lot of times we we have a conversation like this, we get excited about our vision, we just start going for it. And we're like, well, I don't really need to clean up that stuff from mom and dad. And I don't I, I don't really need to shift those beliefs. That doesn't sound so fun. I'd rather just go dream and play. <laughs> And exactly. I get that. It's the fun part. <laughs> yes, but that's why we start and stop. Yeah. Because eventually those emotional issues that we've been avoiding, that we're using pot or alcohol or TV or whatever to yes. numb, they creep back up and they sabotage. So you have a clear vision. You have a clear directive. This yeah. is an amazing path. You don't want old stuff to sabotage you. No. So do the not so fun work. Roll okay. up your sleeves, get in the mud, do that work. One thing I will say about allowing yourself to play with the vision a little bit is to write it out in present tense of what that will look like Okay. and start giving yourself a picture because as you clear out the old, <laughs> it's important to be seeding the new. 
Okay. So it's like after you work with the limiting beliefs, after you do some of the emotional release work, read or even on your voice record, voice record your vision so that you start to allow that new programming to come in. Okay. Is this making sense? Oh, so much. Thank you so much. How do you feel? I feel really open. I don't Mm. think I've actually connected with vulnerability and two people in a while. And so this conversation is probably the most vulnerable I've been in a while. Mm. Um, so I feel really open and really safe. So I appreciate that. And I thank you. Yeah. And you did that. Thank you. So just like really <laughs> have this, this place of open and safe and, and really hear me on this. It is safe to be vulnerable and talk about what you love It is safe to dream. It is safe to own and acknowledge what you truly want to do. And you are 100% capable. And it is not selfish. Honoring your inner call, answering that call, is self-honoring. Yeah. And you have a responsibility. Your only responsibility is to be the best expression of Mel. Yeah. To be loving to be honest, to be kind, to live into your full potential. That's your responsibility. Yeah. And how beautiful that you've set yourself up with a financial foundation. You're educated about it. All the puzzle pieces are coming together. Trust yourself and know you are enough. Thank you. So first, I want to acknowledge Mel for her honesty, both her honesty with me and with herself, and also how cool it was to hear how clear she is about what she wants to create. And I totally see that for her. I totally see how all the different puzzle pieces of her life are going to start to fit together. You know, last week on Instagram, and if you're not following me there, I'm at Christine Hassler. I posted a picture of me working out and I love working out. And actually I was a trainer for about three or four years as I was building the career that I'm building now. And I used to minimize it and I used to think, oh, this isn't what I want to do. But then I realized that I was actually supporting people already. You know, I wanted to be an author and a coach and do all those different things, but I had to pay my bills. And being a trainer groomed me. It taught me so, so, so much. So I share that with you because I don't want you to minimize the significance of whatever you're doing. Every step is a stepping stone. So even if you aren't living your dream career right now, the career that you are doing, the job that you do have is leading you there. That said, also know when it's time to move on, when it's time to get out, when it's time to take a risk. Which brings me to the two biggest blocks I wanted to talk about in my coaching session with Mel. The first, as you probably guessed, is fear. When we don't know what's ahead of us, we're faced with a lot of uncertainty. And the mind does not like uncertainty. So we move into fear and we do a lot of what if statements. What if I don't make it? What if I fail? What if I lose my financial security? But remember, our security does not lie in some external source. The person who makes you safe is you and your connection to source. You can achieve financial security and wealth through various forms. That's one of the main reasons I'm encouraging Mel to start considering taking off those golden handcuffs because they are handcuffs. Although it feels like safety and security, it's definitely 
not freedom if you're not happy and if you feel a call to do something more. We also talked about how there's a line between fear and excitement, and it's a fine one. Oftentimes when we're feeling really fearful, what we could possibly be feeling is excitement. So if you're at that tipping point between excitement and fear, I encourage you lean into the excitement and remember, stop fighting with fear. It's not a battle. You want to speak to fear in a calm way. You want to greet it. You don't want to fight with it. The second biggest block in Mel's way was her limiting belief of not being enough. We all have that one at some point or another in some form or another. And we think we're the one that's not enough. No, everybody thinks that. Believe me, it's a human epidemic. So I really want you to see we are all born with the same potential and it's just laughable to think you are not enough. We didn't all come in with different degrees of enoughness. We all have the same amount and it's infinite. A couple other things I want to expand on is the use of numbing agencies. Numbing agencies like pot or alcohol or shopping or overdating, whatever, are very common when we're suppressing both emotion and desire. In Mel's case, there was some unprocessed emotion from her childhood and feeling suppressed by her parents, but now she's just doing to herself what they did to her. This is her opportunity to parent herself differently and really free herself. She also mentioned that she felt some fear in her sternum, which is our fourth chakra. You know, it's that place around our heart. And to me, she's feeling that constriction there because she's not listening to her heart. You could hear she was very intelligent and her head has gotten her very far, but her heart wants to speak and it's time for her to listen and it's time for you to listen to yours. I also asked her if she believes she can feel happy and fulfilled. And she said she believes it, but she doesn't know if she's capable of it. Well, there's a big difference between knowing it conceptually and actually believing you're capable of it. And look at the judgments you have on happiness. Mel talked about how she felt it was careless and frivolous to be happy. Oh my gosh. No, it's not. It's your birthright to be happy. So I gave her three steps to shifting and I'm going to review them with you. First of all, if you're going to make a change and you want to take that leap of faith and fear is coming up, which is normal, what would make you feel prepared? Instead of trying to make the fear go away, work with it instead. Deal with the typical feelings that fear brings up and then make a plan. Get support. Take baby steps. Second, stop using numbing devices. Work through your sadness and anger. Instead of blaming your past or blaming other people, process your feelings so you get that out. Often our emotion sits on top of our belief systems and we really have to process those emotions and able to then do the work on the mental level to rewire those belief systems. And third, what is your vision? Let yourself dream, let yourself see the vision and see it clearly. Even if the form shifts a little bit, that's okay but allow yourself to see it, write it out and get clear. So those are some takeaways for you. As always, I love hearing from you. Ratings and reviews of the show really help the show grow a lot. So please go to iTunes and leave a rating and review. Also, I announced this in last week's Coach's Corner, but we hit 1 million downloads, which is amazing. I'm so excited and I'm so grateful to all of you. And to celebrate my incredible community, I'm doing a raffle for a giveaway. 
And there are going to be three prizes. So three of you are going to win one month into my inner circle community. This is my membership community where you get behind the scenes access to me, more coaching, an incredible like-minded community that you're just going to fall in love with. And I'm giving three people a month of membership for free. And how we're going to pick is it's going to be through social media sharing. So we're going to pick one person that shares on Twitter, one person that shares on Instagram, and one person that shares on Facebook. So all you do is you share about the show over and on with it. You share why you like it. You tag me and you hashtag over it and on with it and spell the and out. And you can try it on all three if you love Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or you can just do your favorite platform. Remember, just post, tag me, Christine Hassler. But remember on Twitter, I'm Christine without the E at the end, C-H-R-E-S-T-I-N-H-A-S-S-L-E-R, because my name's too long. But Facebook and Instagram, it's Christine Hassler. And remember to hashtag over it and on with it. And then we'll compile a list of everybody who shares, throw the names into an electronic raffle, and you get a free month. Now, if you're already a member of Inner Circle, you may be thinking, oh man, I want that. Well, you can still enter. If you're already a member, you can totally enter this contest and we'll credit you for one month. So thank you everybody again. Reaching 1 million downloads is so freaking cool. I'm so deeply grateful and I am just so psyched to continue doing the show. Remember, christinehauser.com slash survey. Please give me your feedback. And I look forward to millions and millions and millions more downloads and episodes. Much love and many blessings. Thank you for listening to Over It and On With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. 